Well, as mentioned earlier, it's the start of the Advent season. And um, we're going to be starting a, a series, a sermon series called Here Comes Heaven. Um, the picture that comes to my mind as I, as I hear those words, Here Comes Heaven, are of a, of a pregnant Mary. Um, and the reality is, is with that statement, Here Comes Heaven, right? Like you look at Mary and, and you sit and you realize like Jesus is there. He's fully present with us, with humanity. But in that pregnant belly, there's also a promise. He's on his way. And that's really the season that we find ourselves in, right? This season where um, we understand that, that heaven has come. Heaven has arrived. He has made his home among us. But we also have this great confidence, this great hope. Heaven is on his way. Um, again, we live between those two statements, that Jesus has come and Jesus will come again. And that's the posture that we find ourselves in so often, um, and that we are a people that learn what it is to be in this, this paradox, to constantly be in this space where we recognize that, that as we wait for God to arrive, he's the one that is waiting with us. As we are in this place of longing, as we're in this place of anticipation and hope of just like, God, when will you show up in this space? Recognize that he's already here with us. And he's the one encouraging us. Keep on waiting. Keep on hoping. Keep on believing that I will arrive amongst you. And there he is with us, encouraging us to hope and believe that he is on the way. There's this passage in um, the book of John that'll come up on the screen. It's uh, John chapter 1, verse 14. You'll see it come up on, on the screen there, and, and the words are this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And there, here's the thing, this word made his dwelling among us. The literal translation of those words are this, he made his tent among us. He brought his tent here with us. And it's a funny little phrase, right? Like it's, it's, it's this saying that just like, here's, the word became flesh and, and he, he pitched his tent here amongst us. Like of all the things that, that, that John could have described or you, the words that he could have used, like why, why a tent? Why, why, this, why these words about a, a tent? Well, because they, they, for the people of God, would have been this, these, these powerful words that would have been filled with, with imagery, that would have been filled with this, this understanding of the way that God had been so faithful to them. Because listen, if you go to the, to the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, it tells the story of a people who were in slavery. It tells the story of a people who were mistreated, who, who faced injustice. It was a people that were, that were conquered by others, right? They were living in, in a reality that no people were ever designed to live in. They were slaves in a land called Egypt. And God delivered them. And he... And he, and he with his great right hand, right? He leads them out of a place called Egypt. And, but here's the thing is they now live for 40 years in the wilderness. They live in the wilderness. 
there, there are people that are constantly picking up and going, traveling and going from one place to another. There, there, you think about a place of wilderness. It's a place where you're, you don't know where, where the water's at. You don't know if there's going to be you know, fruitful trees on the other side of the hill. It was just this constant space of, of traveling and waiting and, and just like kind of feeling like what's, what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and, and as they were there in this wilderness for 40 years, God begins to give them instructions on who they're going to be, how they're going to live. What, and, and so he gives what we've come to know as the law, right? He comes and he gives them, like, this is, this is the way that I want you to live. You're going to be a different people. You're going to be a set-apart people. You're going to be a holy people. There's going to be something unique and different about you. And so he starts giving them all of these commands, and he gives them all of this instruction. This is the way that I want you to live. And, and one of the instructions that he gives them is this really long section of Scripture. Can I say this in church? It's sometimes it can even be this boring section of the Bible. I, I printed it out for us, so you can kind of see what it is, right? Like, do we have any Lego builders in the house? Yeah. There are some Lego builders in the house. Do you, what's, maybe, maybe you could show me with your hands, like, the thickest Lego booklet instruction that you've had to, to work through. My boys have had some Star Wars Lego sets, and they're, like, that thick, right? They're books that you just have to go through to try to figure out how you've made it. Um, why don't you kids, why don't you go and tell someone next to you what's one of, like, your most favorite Lego set that you've ever built? Nice. What was the genre? Was it Star Wars? Was anyone saying Star Wars? Harry Potter? There were some Harry Potter sets. What were some of the other sets? What was the style that it was? What was it? Plants. Dinosaurs. Tree houses. Nice. Soccer field. Okay. I like it. Batman. Yes. Satellite? Okay. And back here? No? Pets? Yeah. Nice. Listen, this was the instruction that God gave them on how they were to build his tent. It was called their tabernacle. This is, this is instruction from God. When you build my tent, this is what I want you, these are the instructions that I have for you. And he gives them great instruction, detail by detail. And I have fallen asleep reading about these details so often in my life, right? Like these are, the, these are the sections of scripture that if you're waking up at one in the morning and you're just like, I can't fall asleep, you open up to Exodus 25. <laughs> and you start reading. And you go, God, why would you include this in here? Here's why. His people were living in a tent. So what was he going to do? He was going to live in a tent. This, there's so much detail here because this is the space that you and I are going to dwell together. 
This is the space that you and I are going to get to meet one another. This is the place where I am going to reside with you. And if it's such an important space, doesn't it make sense that there would be so much detail given by Because when you read the Bible so often, you read these stories, and there's like, there just be like three words on this incredible miracle that takes place, but then God uses so many words to describe the building of a tent. Because he's all about the space that he's going to reside with us. This is where I am going to live with you. This is the space I'm going to live for you. This is going to feel like a random question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Um, We can try to figure out together, who do we think, when they were born, was the lightest baby or the heaviest baby in this room? Let's actually just try to figure it out together. Does anyone know how heavy they were when they were born? Yes. how, How heavy? Almost 10 pounds, is that what I'm hearing? Okay. Is anyone? You were 10 pounds on the dot. We had a 10-pound baby in the house. Is anyone, was anyone heavier than that when they were born? You were almost 12 pounds. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is anyone here that near 12 pounds? When all the moms, are, their hands are on their faces like, oh, my goodness. Okay, you win a prize. Do you want raspberry or peppermint? Peppermint. Okay. Can I hear Mark if you can catch that and then pass them back? They're broken now, so you can share with others. <laughs> Who is the lightest? 6.2. 412. 4.7. Such variance in your family. Yes. <laughs> Anyone lighter than four pounds, seven ounces? Four pounds, seven ounces. Oh, here, you guys can now get raspberry cookies, and you get to share with others. <clears throat> Kids, I'm going to need some help. There's these words that are used. There's these words that, that are used. Um, can I get some kids to come up on the stage? There's, there's more bags back here behind that wall. I just need you to get the bags if you could. Did you get the bags? Here we go. Yeah, there's bags back there behind the stage. Just bags and bags of balloons. And I just need your help. What we're going to do is we're just going to see how many balloons we can fit in this tent. Can we do that? Let's, I mean, let's just, just shove as many balloons as we can into here. Here we go. Just go ahead and open that bag. You can rip the bag if you need to. There we go. Rip the bag open. And we'll just, just start shoving balloons inside of this tent. Yeah, see how many? Both sides. There's two, there's two doors. There's one door over here, and there's one door back. There we go. Let's just see how many we can fit in there. Oh, there's another. Can you fit it in that side? Here. Let's open up that Velcro and just start shoving balloons inside. Here we go. 
this passage that John gives to us said that, that here God has made his tent among us. And it's filled. We've seen his glory, and he is filled with grace and truth. You think about it, he's filled with grace. His love, his generosity, his, his patience, his kindness, his joy. Like you think about that, you think about the character of God, that he's filled with grace. His forgiveness, his mercy, his long-suffering, his patience, his endurance, and his truth, right? That, that God, is, God is true. He's the way that we follow. He's, he's, he's right, he's perfect, he's holy, he's wise, he's good. How many, are we almost there? We're almost there? Do we do it? Yes. Way to go. There's more? Isn't that like so fun? Wouldn't it just like be a dream to climb in there? You did it? All right, go ahead and, go ahead and take a seat, kiddos. Thank you so much for helping me. Daniel Nairi, in his book, Everything Sad is Untrue, asked the question, would you rather a God who listens or a God who speaks? But be careful with your answer. A God who listens is like your best friend, who lets you tell him about all the people you don't like. Daniel Nairi was, was um, around age 10 or 12, um, was a refugee that moved from um, Iran to America. And so he says, a God who speaks is like your best teacher who tells Brandon Goff he has to leave the room if he's going to call people falafel monkeys. A God who listens is your mom who lets you sit in a kitchen and tell her stories about castles in the mountains. A God who speaks is your dad who calls on the phone with advice for your life in America. God should be both. If a God isn't both, that is no God. And, and John tells us, listen, Jesus was filled with grace and truth. That is a God who listens and a God who speaks. That is a God who, who radically and lavishly showers upon us his love and his kindness and his mercy. And that is a God that we can come to for direction and wisdom. That is a God who says, follow me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That he's both. Now I have the worship team to come back up on stage. I'm going to carry this down here. Listen, I think, I think a lot of the times when we think about God and when we, think, and when we pray, I think that the imagery that we have in our minds is that we come and we pray and we say, God, would you, would you give me some wisdom? 
Would you give me some grace? Would you give me some power? Would you give me some strength? Would you? And, and I think a lot of times in our minds that we imagine that that's like God, God reaches in and he's like, oh, here you go. Here's a little bit of kindness for you. Here's a little bit of strength for you. Or here's a little bit of power for you. But I think that we need to, we need to shift that in our mind because the, the writers of scripture tell us, listen, he's made his home amongst us. He lives with us. And the hope that we have is Emmanuel, God with us. And it's not so much that he, he reaches into himself and gives us a little bit of, of grace or gives us a little bit of truth, but really what he's doing is he's saying, here, here's who I am. You get all of me, and I dwell with you. And it's not so much that, that here, let me give you a little bit of power so that you can make it through the day, but it's, no, listen, let me dwell with you. Let me live with you. Let me, I want to, I want to reside with you. I want, I want, I want to, I want to, I want to pitch my tent right in the middle of your life. And everywhere you go, just imagine, I mean, that God is, is with you and everything that you face and everything that you walk through. And it's not so much like the, the hope that we have isn't that God will, will, will give us stuff. The hope that we have is that heaven has made his home here with us. He is our hope. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is love. And so we wait on him. We hope for him to arrive amongst us. There's a song, um, we won't sing it this morning, but Israel Hutton that just has his, your presence is heaven to me. Right? Like, listen, listen. If it comes to be that at the end of our lives and on the other side of eternity that we come to find out that heaven is, is, is an abandoned warehouse, but Jesus is there, it's still paradise. Because <laughs> Jesus is there. He's the one that we long for. And, and so John, who writes this to us, what he's, what he's rejoicing over, what he's celebrating is, listen, the word became flesh. He pitched his tent amongst us. And, it was like, and we did everything with him. We sat around campfires. He told stories. He gave us instruction, we watched him heal, we ate breakfast together, we, I mean, everything wasn't just about this, like, and this is what he did, but it was so much more like we were with him. We got to spend our days with him. And, and our hope for you is that you would spend your days with him. That, that your life would would rotate and revolve around him. If you would, would you stand back with me? Can we sing Here Comes Heaven? Angels, the 